All right. Hi, guys. Welcome back to another episode of Just a Girl from Cleveland. This is episode 90. I am recording almost at 11 p.m. here on Tuesday because I was just watching the Guardians-Yankees game. Unfortunately, lost 4-1, to one, um, but wanted to finish watching up the game before I recorded today so I could talk about it a little bit and talk about the Tampa Bay series as well. Um, hate losing to the Yankees, first of all. Just like truly one of my least favorite sports franchises that exists, so it never feels good. I was just um, seeing someone post today about the bug game. Um, if you don't remember it, it happened in 2007 and it was when the midges, which are currently out right now in Cleveland, were just all over the place, um, in the ballpark, covering the players just in their faces. Um, and I was actually at that game. I was about 12 years old then was there with my family. Um, and it's just funny looking back on, on times like that. I, I feel like if you are in my generation, you grew up constantly going to at the time, Indians games. Um, it was just the the staple of, of everything at that time. Um, and that was a very memorable game and one of the prominent memories of hating the Yankees. So, because um, they, they like made up all these different rumors at the time that like, the we purposely did that to like hurt them just like all these you know classic uh victim things that uh teams like them do so uh it's just funny looking back at that but was very disappointed that we lost today i'll talk about that first and then kind of trek back to the tampa bay series so um, the good things from the game was Quan's home run. That was very nice to see. Uh, was super happy for him uh, to really get his bat going um, and, and just like a likable guy in general that you want to see succeed. The bad things from the game was pretty much everything else. Um, defensive errors. Oscar had that great, awesome play that looked like it was almost a home run, but he thought quickly to, um, once it hit off there, to throw it right back in and get the out, which was... Um, nice to see, but right after that, he had a, a pretty bad air where he let the ball get past him. Guy got to third. Uh, you just can't make mistakes like that in these series. Uh, and then offensively, we really just have not been able to get the bats going. We weren't able to get them going in the Tampa Bay, Bay series either. Um, and then when we do and we get guys on base, we are leaving them on base and constantly hitting into double plays you know, leaving bases loaded. We did it in Tampa Bay. We did it today again. And you just can't do that. We gotta, we need to cut that out because uh, the margin for error is very slim in baseball in general and, and especially in the playoffs. So you have to capitalize on the opportunities you have. Um, I thought Cal pitched okay today. I think they left him in a little bit longer than maybe they should have, but, um, you know, it is what it is. He started off pretty well and then obviously towards the end there um was struggling a bit but um you know coming up here we've got both Bieber and Tristan pitching which if they pitch like they did against Tampa Bay we should be in a better spot so you know we've got time here uh would like to take one in New York at least hoping we win on Thursday so that we can bring it back home tied up that would be nice to see um but in the Tampa Bay series uh just to kind of head back to that Uh, you know, first game was great. Second game was insane watching 15 innings of baseball for a total of five hours. Um, like I said, pitching was incredible. Just like not even just, you know, in those first two games, Bieber and Tristan, but the bullpen in the 15 inning game, just coming out and saving the day each time. 
Um, and it just was this back and forth battle of great pitching. Tampa Bay also had very deep pitching, uh, which, you know, wasn't shocking to see. We knew that already, but them bringing out Kluber at the end there was just kind of a poetic uh, moment. I still love Kluber a lot, you know, and want to see the guy succeed. But, you know, in that moment, we had to do what we had to do. And Oscar had to do what he had to do. And it was funny because I was watching the game in my apartment downtown. And, you know, I know plenty of other people downtown. And you can kind of hear fireworks um, in certain spots uh, living down here. Uh, so I'm getting texts from people saying fireworks and I'm I'm listening out my window and I can kind of faintly hear it before I see it on my TV because the TV is a little bit delayed. Uh, so I look at my TV, you got SpongeBob playing and you're like, oh my God, it's, it's about to happen. Um, and then Oscar took it home, which was an awesome moment. And you know, someone had to end that game. It couldn't go on forever. So I'm happy it was him and um, happy we were able to move on. Just exciting for that team, but you know, it moves right back onto the Yankees, and we gotta, like I said, we gotta take game two. It's I feel like it's really crucial if we want to hang around in this series at all. Okay, so that's all I have for baseball. Um, just quickly want to talk about the Cavs. I went to the first preseason game yesterday. Uh, well, first home preseason game. Obviously, we already had one away preseason game. Great to see the arena packed for a preseason game. I wasn't expecting there to be that many people there, um, but I think there's just a lot of hype around this team right now, and it was good to see a lot of support there. Um, I don't have a ton of thoughts because obviously it's preseason, and I think they're still working out a lot of the kinks, figuring out how to gel with you know Donovan Mitchell on the roster now and um, how that's all going to work. So it wasn't horrible by any means, but Donovan did struggle to score in the first half. It was like, oh man, his first uh, first day here playing in Rocket Mortgage for a crowd, and he looked for a bit like he was not going to be able to put up a single basket, but I think he ended up with like 11 points, so he got it going later in the game. Um, Jared Allen had an awesome day, 19 points, just still a pleasure to watch. I also just love his pregame standing on the side of the court, waving to the fans, like genuinely just smiling, making eye contact with people and waving to them. It's the most pure thing I've ever seen and I, I really enjoy it um so yeah it's good to see those guys back don't want to read into a preseason game too much you know it wasn't our best showing but uh that's why you got the preseason to work those things out so we've got two more preseason games before the regular season starts and we'll get things going um okay Ohio State Michigan State sorry I'm rolling th through these I feel like really quickly but it is 11 p.m and I have you know, lots of things to do in my life. So I'm trying to get it out for you guys, even though uh, I am a day late. It's just, you know, this time of year with you've got MLB playoffs, you've got football season, you've got NBA starting, like it's it's a lot. So um, <laughs> I'm doing the best I can here. But OSU Michigan State, it was funny because I, I thought my Saturday was planned out perfectly. Guardians game will be over exactly when the Ohio State game is starting at four and that did not happen. It went an hour into the Ohio State game. So obviously it was really focusing on the, the Guardians game and didn't intently watch the part of the first half of that Ohio State game. So um, unfortunately don't have like a crazy breakdown for you guys, but um, you know, it was similar in my opinion to a lot of the performances we've had so far. And I have a lot of the same thoughts that I've had in the first couple weeks 
um, beating Michigan State 49-20. to uh, CJ still just absolutely unreal with six touchdowns. If he doesn't win the Heisman, I mean, he's far and above the leader right now in that department in terms of consistency every single week and the numbers he's putting up just can't be matched. So if he keeps it up, I mean, there's no doubt in my mind that he's winning. Wide receivers just still absolutely out of control. Marvin Harrison Jr., Ibuka, I mean, it is, it's special. I say this every week, special to watch the way they reload every year. Like, I'm just so happy for those guys um, and happy for, for Heartline that he has built this, this, position group that can just be relied on and that I'm sure high school prospects are looking at like I want to be a part of that you know if you're the best of the best that's where you want to go and you want to be that guy and I'm assuming for you know years to come those guys are going to keep getting drafted you know early in in the NFL draft and uh, that's as I always say the best recruiting technique is showing you who is uh, being drafted from your program (laughs) Um, so yeah, uh, just a great, sorry, there are sirens in the background right now. Another night in downtown Cleveland, man. You just, you can't beat it. The ambiance is just lovely. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I really love being down here. It is a great place to live. Okay. So that's all I have for Ohio state. Um, getting into Browns. So (laughs) not a great game again, um, losing to the chargers another close game as we have had for the entirety of the season it feels like at this point we've never been able to be comfortable in any game this season I mean now it was 30 to 28 so a a two-point differential just just brutal to watch truly and it, it was interesting because I'm someone who watches games and I'm like really invested in them I'm cheering with the highs I'm upset with the lows the second half of this game I was literally just staring at the tv not feeling anything like I was numb at that point because it was I just didn't have any belief that we were going to be able to win that game even when we were up 14 to nothing at the beginning the announcers were saying like oh why aren't the fans you know celebrating this you would think they would be so happy to be up 14 nothing against the Chargers I was like no you don't understand this is the Cleveland Browns you do not celebrate being up by two touchdowns even if there's two minutes left in the game as we have learned doesn't matter (laughs) so it's just like it's a different breed here in Cleveland where you you aren't comfortable with anything um no lead is a big lead uh pretty much leads even 14 nothing I was like I still don't feel like we're gonna win this game like leads don't even feel like leads right now um and I think a lot of that is because of how our defense has performed this season I know I sound like a broken record but we have the worst ranked defensive tackles in the league like truly if you go through every defensive tackle in the league we have the two bottom ones like that is a huge problem to have and it's frustrating because I've seen a lot of criticism out there lately for Miles Garrett And I feel like people are just directing their criticism in the wrong places. I don't know if they're just reading the stat sheets at the end of games and saying, hey, where was Miles? Why isn't he making these big plays Uh, and not having any understanding of what is actually taking place during the game, which is Miles having to carry the weight of the entire defensive line when he is out there, making him basically not capable of making those big plays because he's having to overcompensate for the lack of talent that we have on the rest of the defensive line. Additionally, Justin Herbert is a very smart quarterback and was getting rid of the ball extremely quickly in that game, 
Miles was so close so many times. He was getting there. He was doing his job. But Justin Herbert is a really smart quarterback. And sometimes you just face smart quarterbacks who are able to get rid of the ball like that. Um, And that's not a detriment to Miles. Like he, you know, I think he was doing what he was supposed to do. And one of my biggest pet peeves is when people will take one clip they find on Twitter of a play where it looks like, you know, Miles isn't putting in 100% effort. Everyone did it with Jedrick Wills a couple of weeks ago. Found one play where it looked like Jed wasn't giving 100%. Jed has been having a great season, actually. He's been playing the best we have seen him since he has been a Cleveland Brown. But people focused on one play and acted like we needed to get rid of him immediately and that he was horrible. You just can't do that. You have to look at things overall uh, and not cherry pick things to fit the narrative that you feel about a certain player. Um, And that's what people are doing with Miles right now. When, when you look at what the real problems are on this defense, which are massive problems. They are the reason that we are giving up 238 rushing yards total, 173 to Austin Eckler. They are the reason that we are blowing these big leads because teams know that they can exploit us with the run, even if they don't have these super talented running backs. I mean, Austin Eckler is a great running back, but they don't have plenty of teams that don't have you know top running backs, but would certainly use them against us uh, because they know that we are not going to be able to stop anyone. Uh, So we have to look at what the real problems are and not nitpick the, the, the good things that we have on this team um, because it just feels like we are deflecting. I I don't know. It's, it's the strangest thing that happens. Um, It's even like, uh, look, the Jacoby interception was bad. It was, it was not good, but he was good all game. Um, he, he had a great day and this has been kind of a theme with Jacoby at this point where he is great for the first 57 minutes, makes a mistake in the last three minutes. Um, and you know, it's certainly unfortunate, but I do not want to put the weight of our losses on Jacoby, um, because the defense should be carrying a lot of that responsibility. And we knew what Jacoby was going to be going into this season that he, he was supposed to be a backup, you know, like he's not a top quarterback in this league. So you know what you expect from him. Um, and we expected a lot more from our defense. Uh, was also very sad about the Cade York missed field goals. A lot of people have been, you know, asking me how I feel about that, um, which I will get to in our mailbag questions as well. But yeah, of course, you got to make those field goals and um, it was definitely unfortunate and the difference in the game. So um, yeah, there's nothing else to say about it other than that. After the game though, um, pretty quickly, Andrew Barry uh, decided to make some moves. So the first move was that actual night, um, made a trade for a linebacker, Deion Jones from Atlanta. He was a pro bowler back in 2017 has had a really productive career, like recording over 100 tackles in uh, five of the last six seasons, I believe. Last year, he really struggled, and there was a big drop-off in his play. But I think this is a low-risk move because you really only have to pay him over a little, like a little bit over a million dollars this season, uh, and you're not uh, locked into him any longer. Atlanta pretty much has to cover everything else that is a part of his current deal, uh, including bonuses, void years, all that stuff. So we're not locked in for anything long-term, but it could turn out to be great if he picks back up to 2020 form and is the guy he was before, then maybe he has you know more of a future here in Cleveland. If not, then they just decide to move on and they made 
you know, a move that they felt like they needed to this season in order to improve the linebacker play with Anthony Walker going out, feeling how big of a detriment that has been to this team, not just in play, but in, in leadership. It really feels like we're lacking that that vocal leader that Anthony Walker was. Um, so I was happy to see them make that move. I think it was smart and it could end up paying off. You know, you don't know, but I think you had to do something. Um, then today they made a move for defensive tackle. Tyler Davison, I think is um, what his name is. Put him on the practice squad, but um, will probably be elevated. Obviously, we needed to make a move at defensive tackle. I just talked about it. I've talked about it every single week, um, having, you know, the worst DTs in the league. So we will see um, what it does. But, like, I just think you have to try something. You can't sit there and do nothing. It is too awful to watch every single week the way they are giving up just run after run after run it is brutal to watch so I give Andrew Barry props for saying hey this is not a lost season I am going to do something about this I'm gonna make a move um, and see if we can salvage what we have here and um, you know bridge the gap uh, over until week 13. Okay so into the mailbag questions just took a couple this week there <laughs> there were a lot of mailbag questions that were like why does God hate us and like really depressing ones. And I appreciate that you guys are just as dramatic as I am um, because that's how I feel sometimes. I'm like, God just hates Cleveland. Um, and I'm like, why do I cheer for this team? And you guys feel the same way. So I appreciate that. But I tried to pull out some actual questions that I can answer because to be honest, I have no answer for why God hates Cleveland. That is just you know, the way the world worked apparently um, where God pinpointed the city and said, you guys are going to suffer from a sports perspective. So, you know, it is what it is. Okay, question number one. Why do we refuse to run Nick Chubb, who averaged 5.5 yards per carry in the red zone? Why does Kevin Stefanski go long stretches without having his best running back on the field? So I kind of combined those two questions. Um, so <clears throat> just looking at like the last couple of years overall, Kevin has really used Kareem in those short yardage red zone situations that's just kind of been his mo so it's not too shocking to see it um i don't have the metrics but i would believe that from what kevin is seeing or um what he has seen over the years that he feels that is the right choice um i think kareem is useful in different situations because he is a bigger threat than nick chubb in the past game and look that's why we have both guys on this team they offer something different um, so you use them both in different ways and different situations. And look, I understand if you want to criticize for maybe some very specific moments where they could have had Nick Chubb on the field and, and maybe it would have helped. I'm not going to, you know, yell at anyone for that. I do think overall though, like Nick Chubb is running the entire game, the entire length of the field. Like he is utilized a lot, um, and in a lot of great ways. So I don't think it's as bad as people make it seem sometimes. Um, I do understand like a little bit of the criticism, but um, that has just been the team's MO over the years. Like Kareem is used in, in those specific ways and they believe that that is the, the correct answer. Like I don't have any you know, other explanation for it other than that is what they have seen um, to make them believe that that's where they should use cream and that's where they should use Nick. Okay, question two, why does Joe Woods have a job? You know, I am not one to call for jobs. I just, I feel bad about it. And 
I feel like there's there's always so many layers to everything on why someone is or isn't a good coach in a certain situation and I just feel like I'm not the person to make that call but it's getting a little bit hard with Joe Woods. I don't think they're going to do a mid-season fire or anything. If anything, it'll be at the end of the season. I don't even know if like our scheme is quite the issue. A lot of it feels like effort and talent, to be honest, of what we're seeing out there on why our defense is not effective. But at, it does get to a certain point where you're like, why are you as a coach not able to motivate these guys to have that type of effort out there? You are the defensive coordinator. Like I understand the criticism there. And after a couple of years of it, you start to wonder, you know, why why is this piece of it still missing? It makes me think about I, I was watching a lot of clips of the Giants in the last week. And the Giants are four and one now. They're all of their receivers are hurt. They're going through this kind of rebuilding time where they're not they weren't paying their top guys. They're kind of you know, not supposed to do anything, but they have this fire in them right now that, I mean, they just beat the Packers over in London and that entire team is just, they're playing for each other and you can feel that they want it so badly. And look, I I do think like the X's and O's and talent and all those things are important, but there is something to say for that fire and that effort that You want to play for the guy next to you. And it just does not feel like our defense has that right now. And I know that sounds like, I don't know, like fairy dust and whatever. (laughs) It's just not real like football metrics and those types of things. But that's a part of the game. Like the, the, the feeling that you get out there playing for the people around you and the effort that you want to put in on every play because you believe it matters. You see it in the Giants and you see the way all of their coaches are motivating the players um, that it, it just kind of made me think about Joe Woods in that way where I just, I wonder if it gets to a point where you're like, why do we not have that kind of attitude on our defense? We have so much talent there on paper. Uh, why can it not fully come together? Obviously, there's there are those talent gaps at like defensive tackle linebacker I understand that but it feels like sometimes other teams just figure it out they just make it happen um, for no rhyme or reason uh, other than just playing really hard Uh, and I I would like to see a little bit more of that uh, because we do have some of the talent that if we matched it with a little bit more energy and effort and look I don't want to accuse guys either of not Um, caring because I know how much they are putting on the line to be out there every single week and that's the last thing I want to do but you know it gets to a point where week after week you are watching this and you start to wonder and you start to have questions about it so I don't really blame anyone for wanting Joe Woods gone at this point Um, but I just don't think it's going to happen mid-season because there's not really like a better option at the moment Uh, I think they'd wait till the end of the season and if they wanted to do it they would restart at that point Okay, question three, what is your confidence level this team can win close games? Um, I have no confidence, <laughs> absolutely none. Um, like I went through with the Chargers game, I just, even when we were up 14 nothing, didn't feel like we had it at all, was pretty numb in the second half. Until this team proves to me that they can close out games, I have no confidence in them to be able to do that because why would I? <laughs> like, there's no reason to believe that. Last question, do you still love Cade York? <laughs> Um, yes, I do. 
I am willing to give him more time because one, he has you know the leg, the physical tools to be a great kicker in this league. Like I said, missing not one but two, especially the 45-yarder. 54 is a long kick, but he has the leg for it, so he could have made it. Um, missing those is just unacceptable. Like you can't do that, um, and I fully understand the criticism towards that because it does make a difference in the game. Like there's no doubt about that. Um, but no, I'm not ready to be like, all right, he's off the team, new kicker now. I think we need to give him a moment um, and let him work through this. Uh, hopefully, because he has those physical tools and that just powerful leg, that he can turn it around. Um, but yeah, it's not good. Don't love to see it for my guy, Cade. Um, but I did feel bad for him because I know people, especially when kickers miss like that, like they get the worst hate messages in the league. And all I could think about was people sending Cade hate messages and it just upsets me. So if you're that person, please don't do that. You know, this just made me think of, I had a, a tweet the other day of just like, hey, when you're mad at players after the loss, do not at them directly. Like don't be messaging them hate things and things that you don't like about them like if you are someone that does that you need to look in the mirror go outside touch some grass reevaluate your life because there is no reason to send anyone any direct hateful messages in their in their inbox or you know adding their name and having it show up in their mentions like it is it's not something that needs to happen at all you know, we, we all criticize things and we tweet about it and we talk about it I mean I sit here talking about it all the time um, but going directly into a player's inbox and and saying awful things to them just not okay um, especially about their character like I think we can be criticizing you know play in general or, or questioning different things um, that we're seeing on the field but when people start going to like these crazy character things i just i don't understand it so please do some self-reflection if you are going that deeply into hating on these these people they are um human beings who are have worked really hard for this game and there's probably lots of things that we don't know or understand as fans and people who follow it so just a nice reminder okay that is all i have today we've got lots coming up Wednesday, another Cavs preseason game. Thursday, second game in the series against the Yankees. Saturday, we've got game three in the series. I feel like Friday might be another preseason game for the Cavs, but I can't remember. Um, Sunday, Browns, and potentially game four against the Yankees. So we've got Cleveland sports just hitting back to back to back to back here. Um, it gets crazy. I'm trying to remember to you know take care of myself through all of this and... Um, just enjoy the the moments uh, that we have watching our teams do special things, especially the Guardians right now. Not so much enjoying the Browns, but definitely enjoying these moments with young teams like the Guardians. So I hope everyone is watching them and supporting them. Okay, that's all I have for you guys today. If you could leave a review or rating on Apple Podcasts, subscribe, follow, all of that good stuff, share with a friend. I appreciate it all. Sorry for talking. I feel like I was talking really fast today, but it is. It is getting late here now. Um, So that's all I have for you guys. I'll catch you next week. Go Guardians. Go Cavs. Go Browns, sort of. Go Buckeyes. Thanks for listening.